a song of degrees. Uh, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for your word tonight. And thank you, Lord, for the portion you've directed our heart to. And, uh, Lord, I have enjoyed looking at these psalms of degrees and, Lord, getting some help for our soul and getting some help for, uh, Lord, our, our praise and our worship. And I pray, God, tonight that you would take this particular psalm and you would work the truths in our lives that you would desire to do tonight. And what you do, we'll thank you and we'll give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We have come now uh, to the 15th step, the 15th psalm of degree. We started back in Psalm 120. In my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes. Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, and on and on we could go. And uh, Tonight, it, one writer said that if the Psalms of degrees are steps, then the highest step in God's economy is the night shift. Because in this text, he says, Behold, bless you the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which stand by night in the house of the Lord. And so the highest step is sometimes in the dark. And certainly we could preach on that, but that's not really, that's where I started studying it, but my burden got changed when I began to look at the, the tenses of the, of the phrases in the text. Watch what he says. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Now, this is not the Lord speaking in this psalm. This is, Spurgeon said, this is the group of pilgrims that were making their way to the temple to worship. They got to that last step and they would sing this song as they entered into the house of the Lord to worship. They would say, you servants of the Lord. And they would say, bless the Lord. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. And I want to preach on this thought tonight. If you give me a minute to develop my thought, I'll give you my burden and we'll go home. I want to preach on this thought, though. I love them folks down at the church. I don't know about you tonight, but I thank God for the church of the living God. And I thank God for the universal body of Christ. But I thank God for this local body, this local church. I don't know about you tonight, but as I was reading this psalm last night and looking at the verb tenses and looking how the way it's laid out, I thought about, boy, I sure do love those folks down at the church. Now, I tell you, there's a lot of people, and let me say this, there are, there are some bad churches out there and there are some bad preachers out there, but I'm glad that's not necessarily the case here, amen? There's some good people that go to this church. Now, I may not be much of a preacher, but I try to preach the Word of God and we try to love the Lord and do right and honor God. And I, I sure do love the folks down here at the safe home. Harbor Baptist Church, amen. Somebody said, well, I don't want to go to that church. It's full of hypocrites. One guy said, well, come on and join us. One more won't make much of a difference anyway, amen. But I sure do love the church tonight, amen. And, and I want to look at this psalm. These, these people that were heading to worship, they wanted to encourage those who were laboring in the house of God. A lot of work went on there at the temple. A lot of work went on there. You know what they were doing? They were, they were wanting to give a word of exhortation and encouragement to those in the house 
house of God saying thank you for keeping the lights on thank you for keeping keeping the worship going thank you for keeping everything going on now at the house of God I don't know about you but I'm so glad that somebody paid the light bill in the church that I got saved in I'm so glad somebody gave them the offering so they'd have a building so they'd have an altar so I could kneel in to get saved I'm glad they took care of the preacher so he could preach the word of God that night and I could hear the gospel and be saved I just love those folks down there at the church amen and I want to look at this psalm and say three things about it first of all there is an exhortation commanded an exhortation commanded these pilgrims wanted to encourage those who were laboring in the house of the Lord during a dark time notice the exhortation first of all notice the honor he says behold bless ye the Lord this word bless is very important. I want you to get this definition because it's going to be real important towards the end of the message. And I hope God will use this to encourage our folks tonight. You tonight that are laboring in the work of the Lord, I hope God uses this psalm to encourage you. The word bless here, if you look it up in a strong concordance, it means to kneel down and to adore. Or to kneel down and to love on someone. These pilgrims wanted to remind their brethren to humble themselves and to bless the Lord before God Almighty and worship Him. Now think about this. These people that are laboring in the house of God, they're laboring in the sacrifices, they're laboring keeping the oil and the light, they're making sure the table of shoe bread is full, they're making sure all the things in the tabernacle or the temple, whichever one you want to use tonight, they're making sure everything is running right down there at the church. They are busy working. But here's what these pilgrims want to remind them. Hey, while you're busy down there working and while you're busy laboring don't forget to worship him don't forget that it's not all about work but it is about worship tonight here's a biblical illustration of this Mary and Martha Luke chapter number 10 they invite the Lord Jesus into their home and the Bible said that Mary was cumbered about with much serving but excuse me Martha was much cumbered about with much serving but Mary was one of them that sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his words this caused Martha to become disgruntled against her sister Mary to the point that she spoke out against Mary to the Lord and said make her help me and the Lord looked at Martha and said Martha Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken from her. Here's the thing, that the, the dishes need to be cleaned, the food need to be cooked, but Mary had it right that night. I, hey, the dishes can wait, Martha. The food can wait, Martha. God's in the house tonight, and it's time to sit down and hear His words and worship Him, and if we're not careful, we'll get busy singing in the choir. We'll get busy laboring in the the church will get busy doing all sorts of things that need to be done and it should rightly be done and we'll come in here and we're so wore out from our labor and we forget that here's why we're here to worship him and to magnify him and glorify him that's a biblical illustration here's a practical illustration of that truth Harry Ironside tells a story of a father and a daughter who had recently had the sorrow of burying their mother and every night the father and daughter would sit around the table and play games and enjoy some fellowship together. As it got closer to Christmas, this time of year, this girl told her father each night that she would not be playing games and having fellowship, but after the evening meal she would go to her room, leaving her father at the table alone. When Christmas came, she gave him a gift. It was a pair of very nice handmade slippers. 
She told him, that's why I've been in my room every night. I've been making these slippers for you every night. The father responded with this. He said, well, I appreciate the very nice gift. I must admit that I would have much rather had your fellowship around the table than these slippers. You know, if we're bad about doing, we're, bad, we're, we're, bit, we're good about being busy about all these things when he just wants us to sit down for a little while and fellowship around the spiritual table. Amen. So they exhort him to honor, but then they exhort concerning only the honor, but the hands. Look at verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Not only do these pilgrims exhort their brethren to worship the Lord, but now they're encouraging and exhorting their brethren to praise the Lord. Ain't that interesting? The worship came before the praise. All these fancy uh, contemporary churches, they want praise and worship. Praise and worship. Praise is outward. And worship is inward. And if it's real biblical worship, it'll work just like God always does from the inside out. You know what they told him to do? They said, I want you to bless the Lord. And after a while, after you kneel down and humble yourself before God, and you begin to think about how good he's been to you, and how great he's been to you, how kind he's been to you, I'll tell you what you'll start to do. You'll start lifting your hands and say, God, you've sure been good to me. You have been kind. You had the psalmist said in Psalm 63, 4, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. You know what lifting up your hand means? It means I agree. It means I identify, amen. It means, it means I, I like what's going on, amen. I, I, you lift your hands, amen. So he talks about honor, he talks about hands, but then he talks about him. Watch what he said. Bless ye the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, verse 2, and bless the Lord. He is reminding them the reason you're doing the sacrifices the reason you're keeping the oil in the lamp, the reason you're keeping the table of showbread, the reason you're keeping all the things in the tabernacle and the temple going on, the reason you're doing that is for him. It's not for the preacher. It's not for the priest. It's not for the prophet. It's not even for the worshiper. It's for him. Why do we sing? For him. Why do we preach? For him. Why do we praise for him? Why do we worship? It's for him. Why do we mow the churchyard for him? Why do we clean the church for him? Why do we give? It's for him. Why do we pray? It's for him. Why do you prepare baskets for the preachers at Jubilee? For him. Why do we have the Timothy conference? It's for him. Why do we support missionaries? It's for him. Why do we have revivals? It's for him. Why do we have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? It's for him. Why am I going to he- why am I going to heaven when I die? because of him why is my family in church tonight it's because of him why do I have peace in my soul it's because of him you listen to me tonight why do I have a Bible it's because of him I tell you everything we enjoy here tonight it's not because of a preacher and it's not because of people but it's because of him it should be all be about him And I've said it before, I'll say it again. If this church ever ceases to be about the Lord Jesus Christ, it would be better for it to burn down. I tell you tonight, there's a lot of churches 
And I can take you to them that all they are, they are, they are, they are set up uh, uh, just to be places of, of trouble and division and strife. And the Lord is not worshipped. He is not glorified. The word is not preached. And it would be better for that place to be burned down. I'm not talking about a Mormon church. I'm not talking about a JW. I'm talking about independent Baptist churches tonight. I could take you to where God ain't been in five years. Somebody say amen. And they, and they're doing, and they have no unity and they have no biblical doctrine and they never worship that is go through the motions I tell you that'd be a waste of time and I don't want that to be the case here I want to exhort you tonight in this text we are to bless the Lord we are to lift up our hands to the Lord because it's all about Him it's all about Him an exhorted commandment secondly I want us to note an exhibited commitment not only did did He exhort them about their the command but he says, I, I want, he says about their commitment. Notice, notice their service in verse number 1. Behold, bless you the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. Now everybody wants to be a servant until they get treated like one. <laughs> Growing up in church, if somebody said you had a servant's heart, you know what that meant? You're good at stacking chairs. Hey, man, I got that from Tim Hawkins. Uh, but what I'm saying, uh, what I'm saying, the word servant here indicates a position of humility and service in the house of the Lord. You know why they were serving in this text? Because they thought the house of God was worth it. They thought that the temple, could I say church? I know it wasn't a church in this dispensation, but you give me a little liberty. They thought the church was worth their service. They thought it was worth their time. They thought it was worth their effort. They thought it was worth getting involved. I understand in the Old Testament economy, it was the tribe of Levi that took part of these things. You know what that tells me? Serving in church is a family affair. Means families ought to be involved. Families ought to be doing it. Amen. I love that the families are involved. Amen. They ought to be involved in the church. They ought to be involved in the house of God. There's no better place. I know families, they spend a lot of time on the ball field. And they spend a lot of time on, 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 on travel ball. And, 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 and I get, I'm really mad at travel ball right now. So that's why I'm preaching against it so much. Amen. Uh, but they spend all their money and all their time on all of that. But they ain't had their family in church as Moby Dick was a manna. They don't get their family to Sunday school, they don't give them to revival meetings they don't give them to Wednesday night prayer meeting but they wouldn't miss a ball practice they wouldn't miss a ball tournament for anything they'll go and spend hundreds of dollars for a weekend just to go watch Junior play ball and he ain't going professional somebody say amen, he ain't good enough I don't care who it is, he ain't, I'm just telling you Ronald Acuna is not from Rockwell, somebody say amen, the big ball players they ain't coming from America, they're coming everywhere else, alright, your kid is not going to make it, and they're putting all this stuff in there, but they don't get their child to church and they don't get them faithful I'm telling you I don't want that to be the case I like it that these children right here they want to come to church they want to be involved they like being in the house of God I'll tell you what blesses my heart I love and I'm not picking on one kid but I love to watch Harper on Sunday morning during offering time one of the reasons because she always brings four envelopes <laughs> She brings Jeffs and she brings Vondas and Stephanies and Mike and Sheila. And she's, she is a designated bringer. But I, she comes down here and she's, what, two, almost three years, two years old. I can't see you, Vonda, without my glasses on. She's two. And so I, I, you laugh, but I really can't. And she brings her altar uh, offering down here and puts it in the offering plate. You know what? That blesses me. That touches my heart. They know that's what it's for, amen. It's a family affair. That's what it ought to be, amen. 
It's what it ought to be. I like it that the kids get up here and, and want to preach. I appreciate that. I thank the Lord for it. And, and, and I'll tell you, we, 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 need to, we need to make sure that we exemplify before our children uh, that it's right to serve God and it's right to honor God. Amen. We see their service, but then we see their standing. Watch what he said. Which stand by night. You don't serve by sitting down. Uh, you understand what I mean? When someone sits down, they are resting from their labor. I'm not talking about necessarily in the physical realm, but you, there's people that sit down on God, not physically, but they come to church, but they ain't going to do anything. But these folks are standing. You remember when Samuel went to anoint, here's a biblical illustration of this truth. You remember when Samuel went to anoint the next uh, king over Israel and he went to Jesse's house and the seven sons passed before him and we talked about it Sunday morning. God said, the Lord's not chosen this. And, and, and so they ran him back through again. The Lord's not chosen this. And Samuel said, do you have any more children? And Jesse said, well, there remaineth yet the youngest. And talking about David, here's what Samuel said. Go fetch him. Number one, that tells me Samuel was from the country. He said, go fetch him. But then he said, for will not sit down till he cometh hither. Why? He didn't want to be sitting down when the king walked in the room. You know what? I don't want to be sitting down when Jesus comes back. I don't want to be sitting down. And if you read that text, the next verse says that Samuel arose. Somebody said, well, see, Samuel, Samuel sat down. No, what do you do when a king comes in? You bow down before him. Amen. I'm just telling you, I don't want to sit down on God. He's getting ready to show up, and I don't want to sit down. I want him to find me busy in the work of the Lord. We see their service. We see their, their standing. But notice we see the season, which stand by night. Now, I've, uh, I'm not doing it this year because I just I don't have time. But the last probably four, four years so great with Grace's cleaning business, I don't have time to do it. But the last four or five years, I've worked at UPS at Christmas time to make some extra Christmas money. And the first year I'd done it, I was loading trucks at night, working third shift. <laughs> it took me 20 minutes to figure out I am not a night shift worker. If you do that, Brother Matthew, I know some of you other might do swing shift. God bless your heart. I can't do it. Because it didn't help that my first week I was working at night and then I was working from uh, 11 at night until 8 in the morning and then preaching a revival meeting every night too. That didn't help things either. And so uh, I don't know what I told them people that week. Have no idea. <laughs> Have no idea. But uh, like some of the preachers I've heard recently, I'm not sure what they were saying. But anyway, uh, so I... I don't like working night shift. I just and 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 maybe if I'd done it more than four weeks out of, or three weeks, I'd get used to it. But I didn't. I didn't even make it. I didn't even make it all the way in the week. Five, two and a half weeks. I'm like, okay, I made the Christmas money I need. I'm on. I'm on. We're gonna do Santa Claus this year. All right. I'm gonna pray that some chimney. Well, a chimney. Come here. Come down the chimney. All right. I'm done with this. I don't like the in the, in the last four years I've delivered car, packages out of my car, but I'm not gonna do that this year. Uh, but I like the night. I didn't like the night shift. I like that day shift a whole lot better. You know why? And it gets dark. You just naturally get tired and get weary. But you know why they work at night? Because work has to get done. If you're going to get your 25 things you order from Amazon, somebody's got to load a truck in the middle of the night. I'm going to tell you, you know why they stood at night in the church? Because if they was going to have preparations made for the worship services the next day, somebody was going to have to sacrifice and stand and work during the nighttime. That, ser- that In that nighttime, not only would they would serve in the temple, getting everything ready, but they would guard it so nobody would come in. I'm telling you, we're living in a dark time. We're in a night season. We, we, are, we are in the last hours of the last day. 
And I'll tell you what God needs. God needs some people that will serve, that will stand in this last day. That will guard to keep things out and will keep the lights on and keep the fire burning. You know why they've done that? Because they knew the next morning there was going to be some people gathering in that temple that wanted to worship God and honor God. And may God help us to remain faithful in the night seasons. Spurgeon said we can well understand how well the holy pilgrims half envied those consecrated ones who guarded the temple and attended to the necessary offices thereof through the, through the night hours. When the night settles on a church, the Lord has his watchers and holy ones still guarding his truth. These must not be discouraged, but they, but they must bless the Lord even when the darkest hours draw on. These people stand in the night, you know what they're saying? Hey, go and worship him, praise him. Don't forget why you're doing this. There is an exhorted commandment, exhibited commitment. But last of all, there is an encouraging consolation, and I'm done. Look at verse 3. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Now, let me break down this verse in three parts, and I'm going to emphasize the last one. We know the Lord's position in verse 3. He is the Lord. We know He is the God of heaven. We know it is power that made heaven and earth. But I want you to notice his presence. Watch this little phrase. Bless thee out of Zion. Remember how I told you at the beginning of the message that word blessed is going to be important? Remember that word blessed means? It means to kneel down to adore and to love on. Verse 1, these pilgrims are encouraging those who are laboring in the church. Hey, worship him, love on him, kneel down before him. But in the closing verse... Close out these psalms of degrees. They said, uh, the Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee. Who's thee? Those standing in the house of the Lord and serving by night. Here's the word picture of that. Come here, Cade. You're going to be the servant of the Lord, standing by night. And so you're to bless. So get on your knees. Get on your knees. And so that, that's the word. He's blessing the Lord. He's, he's, and he's lifting his hands, lift your hands. Bless. That's the word picture. But here's what them pilgrims said. Because you stayed faithful in the night season, may the Lord bless thee out of Zion. In other words, the word picture is that God will come down there with you yeah. and kneel down. The hand going to worship. You know what he'll do? He'll love on you yeah. during those night times. Hey. During those times when nobody else is looking, nobody else is watching, you know what them pilgrims said? May God bless you. May God just love on you real good for being faithful. When nobody, everybody, hey, everybody wants to be there when the big crowds are there. Everybody wants to be there with all the excitement. When, it, when everybody's went home and it's dark and it's not as big as it was before. They said, may God just come down there and wrap you up in his arms and love on you a little bit. Amen. I'm just telling you tonight, you know what we need? We're living in some dark times. There used to be a day you could... Set up a church building, has to sing and some preaching, people pack it out. Those days are over. They are. 